are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show, guys. It's episode three this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get your podcast. Monday through Friday, we are available on YouTube as well and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, at DBLC LOE. Like I said, thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. We did our Monday recap of the Eagles blowout win against the Denver Broncos. Yesterday, we did stock up, stock down. Tomorrow, we have crossover Thursday with Ross Jackson of Lockdown Saints. Lockdown QB1 with Mark Schofield on Friday. It's a loaded show week for us, Gino, and uh, it's a big week against the New Orleans Saints. They're 5-4, and four, the Eagles 4-6, and six, a game out of the seven seed, a game and a half back from New Orleans. Like, they're pushing for the playoffs, so this is going to be a fun week to start previewing. It's crazy, like two games under 500 at 4-6 and six to feel this playoff kind of atmosphere is, is nice, kind of. I mean, it's weird, but, I mean, that's the NFL right now. Yeah, I keep bringing up what I mentioned at the beginning of this stretch right before they played the Chargers, that if they could take two out of three of these games away from potential playoff candidates, I mean, the Broncos aren't too happy they dropped that game, especially in that division. You see the Chargers. It's a long game in the AFC, just like the NFC for the wild card. Just like the NFC in that sixth and seventh wild card position. Same with the AFC. I mean, all the way through every wild card spot, as well as the divisions there. I think the NFC East, you kind of have a good picture on who's going to win that. The NFC South as well with Mm -hmm. Tampa. The NFC West, I mean, that's a mess right now as it is. And then the NFC North looks like Green Bay is going to have it. And then the middle ground is just a bunch of teams that kind of have holes and it's who's going to get hot at the right time coming out of this stretch with two wins. If you pick up one here over the Saints, which this team has lacked wins against the Saints in the past outside of the one when they upset them the last go around, if they could pull that off again, Lou, we're talking about the playoffs in a season when we were talking about six or seven wins going into the back half of that stretch with that division lineup that they have Washington without Fitzpatrick and now chase Young's out of the lineup. The giants are just playing bad football and Dallas. They seem like a beatable team. I mean, I think the Eagles were just playing bad football in the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Now they look like the hottest team in the division, Lou. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they have a chance to go on a little bit of a stretch here, pull off a two-game victory. They're currently tied, Lou, with the longest win streak in the NFL. That's what I'm saying with one game. I mean, that's that's the incredible part. It's the NFL is insane right now. No team is even on a two-game win streak. You have six teams clustered at the bottom of the NFC Mm -hmm. with five four or five wins battling for that six or seven seed. The AFC is exactly the same. You know, you're already talking about the Eagles, the Panthers, the Saints, mm-hmm. the Falcons, right in that wild card race. And then San Francisco goes out on Monday night and beats the seven win, or I should say, yeah, seven and two 
Los Angeles Rams that had just acquired Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. Like mm -hmm. the NFL right now is complete chaos. But Gino, I really enjoy it, not just from a perspective it puts the Eagles in the playoff race and you can have your cake and eat it too with a high draft pick as well, but just from like an NFL fan perspective as well, the addition of the seven seed is really cool because I think it makes it a lot more fun. It keeps a lot of teams in it for longer. And I know some people are saying, you know, there's going to be a seven or eight win team in the postseason every year and we don't want that. But I don't know, for me, it's like the difference between a seven and nine win team in the NFL really isn't that crazy. Like there's a reason two seven win teams have won playoff games in the last decade. To me, there's a small gap in the NFL just entirely outside of like the basement dwellers, like the Jets and the Jaguars. I mean, even the Dolphins beat the Ravens this past Thursday. The NFL is pretty close in competition. So I love the addition of the seventh seed and it makes it for a crazy fun run. I mean, the Panthers, Vikings, 49ers, Falcons, Eagles fan bases, like they're all four and six or five and five and are still, like I said, feeling this playoff like atmosphere. And I think it just adds to the parity of the NFL even yeah. more now because you add that one spot. And though the one seeds have had a lot of success getting and winning Super Bowls, sure, right. in the playoffs, upsets happen all the time. All the and time. it's just about getting there. I look back to that 9 season with the Eagles. Donovan McNabb's last year, they get to the NFC Championship game, and you're looking at a six-seed team that got everything right at the end of the year and go on this run. And we could talk about that again, Lou, getting right down the stretch. What I feared was what we saw in 2016. Once that team started to do bad, they continued to pull off losses and were really out of that conversation for the playoffs about halfway through the season. Nick Sirianni and company and what they've done to get this team back on track and win games on the road. They still haven't won a home game. Really. No, they're four and two on the road and own four at home. I was talking um, to Ross on Twitter earlier today, host of Locked On Saints, and we were talking to, they don't have a win at home since last year against the Saints. It was Jalen Hurts' first start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny how t time really doesn't make any sense in the NFL. Just yeah. it's a flat circle and things always come back around. And now you're going into an environment. Once again, much like last week against Teddy Bridgewater, I believe you have the better quarterback in this game. Easily. I believe your coaching staff is going to be in for a tough test going against what the Saints have at their play caller position. But it's not like the Saints are the world beaters of a couple years ago. When and Alvin Kamara might not be playing either. It's Ron I mean, Armstead could be out at yeah, left tackle as no well. wide receiver you have to be worried about. And we're going to talk about Darius Slay, who's going to have, I think, an off day, meaning not like he's going to play off. He's going to have an easy, relaxing Sunday, I think, when it comes to uh, the passing attack. Yeah, Gino, I agree. And I think, and you probably agree with me right now, but like you look at those teams, the Saints, even the Panthers, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Falcons, the Eagles, you know, you can make a case for any of these teams getting in. But right now, like if you had to choose the two teams that make the six and seven seed, I don't know. I mean, personally for me, considering the Eagles, they just, they feel like a, they have a playoff makeup, you know, with the midseason mm -hmm. adjustments with how efficient and explosive they are on offense right now. You look at their away schedule, they don't have to get on a plane for the rest of the year. The rest of the year as well, they don't play really any good quarterbacks outside of Dak Prescott. I think the Eagles should be favored to make it, honestly, right now. And then, to me, the other team that I really like, obviously, I'm back on my Panthers BS with Cam Newton back there. But I just think like Cam's never had as talented of a team as Carolina right now. Honestly, of all those teams, I would say the Eagles and Panthers might be my favorites to get in. 
I was watching one of the NFL shows today, and they were talking about the losses that the Vikings have had and how they could be 9-0, and hypothetically. Sure. And it's like, no, 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 no. Good teams don't lose the games that Minnesota has lost. That's fair. You know? That's Good not teams what, find a way to win those games, and bad teams find a way to lose them. Absolutely. And I think what they did – against the Chargers being the Eagles, that is, a couple weeks ago, staying in that game and not losing it by a bad margin like they did early on in the beginning of the season was a new tone, a a changing, I would say, of the guard. And maybe this is what Nick Sirianni does. Maybe his teams just start slow like they did in Indianapolis when they started 1-5 and and go on this long run down the stretch to make the playoffs. Hopefully that's not the case for the future, but you're right, Lou. The Eagles, with their offensive line, with their defensive line, with their ability to now all of a sudden create turnovers and an offense that has the highest EPA per drive in football right now, that's a winning recipe. And going down the stretch, you said I completely forgot the point. We haven't talked about it since the beginning of the year that the Eagles, even with the light schedule that they have, they're not even making it difficult for the Eagles. They don't have to travel that far. They're going to get on a bus to go play these away games. They don't have and to. They're not the good teams they're zone. playing, Gino. No, I mean, not at all. You've gotten through the tough part of your schedule. And the fact that, again, you're in it at four and six, a lot of it has to do with, again, there being seven teams now that get in. And, you know, the conference isn't great at the bottom here. But at the same time, like you stayed alive, you stayed afloat against some really good quarterbacks, and you didn't really win those games. But you know what I mean? Like they stayed competitive mm-hmm. when they could have let the wheels fall off especially after those Buccaneers games and the Raiders games but they rallied and have won two of their last three and I think they're one of the favorites who who do you like from right now it's again the six and seven seed are the Saints and the Panthers I personally think the Eagles and the Panthers if I had to put my money on it would be the two bottom teams in the NFC playoffs who do you think of the two teams the Eagles maybe and who else watch out for Atlanta man I mean, if they could pull out... They have the best quarterback play so far of all of them, That Dallas game, it was for sure a letdown game. I think Dallas had their own letdown game that they had to come back from that probably says more about how good Dallas played last week than Atlanta. But you talk about the quarterback play, right? I mean, I'm taking Matt Ryan over over Kirk Cousins, over Trevor Simeon. Jimmy Garoppolo. Over Jimmy G. Yeah, absolutely. But... If Trey Lance could come back, that would be an interesting discussion. That would make it different for San Fran, too. Don't forget, too, like Chicago even. I know they only have three wins, but Justin Fields, you see the way he looked on Monday night Mm -hmm. the week before. If he heats up, the Bears have a good defense. They've made the playoffs two of the last three years. It's fun, man. I mean, it's like you can make a case for all of these teams, and the Eagles have a really, really strong case. And a lot of it has to do with the run game. And, Gino, coming up next, I want to get into the run game because they're going to stick with the run. But personnel-wise, it might change up with Miles Sanders having that 21-day window activated. When RB1, Miles Sanders, returns to the backfield, what's this rotation going to look like? Are they going to go back to a workhorse-like approach? Is it going to be the 2017-like running back by committee? Somewhere in the middle, we'll get into it coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by an incredible app that everybody needs to know about. It's GetUpside. Our listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas Every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 
per gallon in cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Guys, this is Locked On Eagles, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri on this Wednesday edition of the show. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Gino, I uh, teased it at the end of segment one. A big reason the Eagles are in the playoff picture here, a big reason they've won two of their last three games, is because of their commitment now to being a run-first offense. And that's been without Miles Sanders. You know, it's been Jordan Howard, it's been Boston Scott, it really hasn't even been Kenneth Gainwell, it's been Howard and Scott, and it's been Jalen Hurts. And I don't think, like, I do think there's going to be more of a balance, especially if Hurts keeps making these strides as a passer. You know, it's not going to be 70-30, 80-20 run to pass like it's been, for sure. But at the same time, like, this, they're going to ride it this style of offense, I think, the rest of the year, because it's the strength of the team, the offensive line, Jalen Hurts, these running backs, so I don't think the philosophy is going to change. What I what I'm wondering about, like the scale of change in the backfield, is personnel wise, because Miles Sanders was activated to that 21 day window, and when he comes back, it's super interesting to see like how this carry split goes. Because although to me, like you're not going to do this, I don't know, 30 30, you know, you know, whatever math time, 35 35 40. 30. Yeah. Yes, hear the, <laughs> hear the numbers, guys. <laughs> so, like, you're not going to go to that 2017, like, almost even split between mm-hmm. Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, and Corey Clement with Sanders, Scott, and Howard. But at the same time, I do think Howard and Scott have earned a role. And when your offensive line is playing as well as they have, you're going to want one cut runners that can, you know, thrive inside to be utilized in the backfield. So, I don't think it's going to be this, you know, 80%, 90% carry split with Sanders leading the way. I really think that that 2019 recipe was the way to go. Like mm-hmm. what they did in 2019, where it was a majority of Miles Sanders, but they did not f- shy away from giving Jordan Howard and his in the carries. first half in Boston Scott, and then in the first, oh mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, for sure, and then even in the first half of the year, right, it was Howard leading the way and Sanders yep. kind of being the Boston Scott. Yeah, exactly. I I, saw, I yeah. knew what you were talking about yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think you have to continue with that recipe. And you talked about Jalen Hurts is a part of that recipe as well. And currently right. in the NFL, Lou, through week 10, Jalen Hurts is fourth in the NFL, according to Next Gen Stats, in rush yards over expectation with plus 121. That's only behind Jonathan Taylor, Lamar Jackson, and yep. Nick Chubb. So you can't take away that part of it as well. So now bringing Miles Sanders back, continuing this discussion on this quote-unquote academy school-style offense where they're having four to five guys that are going to get over eight carries a game, I think that's the way to go about it, Lou. How they did it in in, uh, Denver last week seemed to be almost like a per-drive thing. It's like Jordan gets his drive. Boston sure. gets his drive. If they need fresh legs, one of them will come in. I think that's the recipe to have, Lou, because if you're changing them every – you have a first, a second, a third down back, guys aren't getting into a rhythm. But once they're in there for a drive and they could get into a rhythm and then they could come out, refresh their legs, they know what their schemes are. They know how the offensive line is blocking. They see the flow of the game. 
I think mm-hmm. that's how you're going to continue to work well in this run game. Yeah. And the thing is, now with these reduction in Hertz's throws to around that 16 to 20 yard mark, you have more carries to go around. And I'm fine with that. If you get these guys 35 to 40 carries split among the four backs, I don't care how it happens because all of them right now are banging over five yards a clip, Blue. Their, yep. their run game, it doesn't matter who's back there, has been effective. As long as they're putting the effective rusher out there, and it's not just Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is Miles Sanders, and right. he goes out there and all of a sudden he's averaging 2.5 to 3 yards, but they mm-hmm. still continue to feed him, and that goes away from what they were doing. Yeah. If they just continue to go with this efficiency metric and follow the efficient hand and who's the hot hand, drive mm-hmm. in and drive out, that's how you're going to succeed. And that's how they should succeed I agree. all around the field. And I think they've done that well, not just in the run game, Lou, but in the pass game where you see these drives where Devontae isn't targeted for three, four drives, and then all of a sudden he gets four or five targets in one drive and they ride that hot hand. That's a formula that the Eagles have been doing very well. And doing that on the ground, especially when you need fresh legs behind an offensive line, which is physical, and you're going to have to get those yards like Howard does, right? If Mm -hmm. he's fresh at the end of a game, he's going to be much more effective than if he's getting 30 to 40 carries at his young age of 27 years old. I don't know why people thought Jordan Howard was like the oldest guy in the league. It's because he looked like in Miami last year. He's younger than I am. Yeah, I mean, he was awful in Miami last year, but he has earned a spot, and not only a spot on this roster, he has earned carries, and so has Boston Scott. So I think there's a middle ground here between that, you know, dead even split like they used to use, but also at the Mm -hmm. same time, they're not going to go back to what they did last year with Miles Sanders and, you know, at the beginning of this year where he was dominating like 80% of the carries. I think there's a middle ground here. I think you want to sprinkle in and have a rotation more so than you did in the past. But at the same time, to me, Miles Sanders still should be the featured back, like Nick Sirianni said today. Like When he returns, he's the starter. He is their best player in the backfield. He can do things like against the Saints last year, ripping off that 75-yard touchdown. He has that breakaway speed, that big play home run threat that these these other guys don't have. And although I I shouldn't say don't have because Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell are good in space, but Sanders is definitely their best player. And although Howard and Scott have looked really good, like we got to remember too, Sanders is, it's not like he was having a bad year. He's averaging 4.8 yards per attempt. I mean, the final three games before he got hurt, he was averaging four, then 6.2, then five against the Raiders. He was crushing it against Vegas and then he got hurt. So, you know, I I think it's not like Sanders is going to come in and ruin this rotation. I thought Sanders was having a good year. I think there's a middle ground. Adding a pitch in the offseason. Yeah. You know, they're not. And now it's the middle of the season, right, Lou? And it's like teams are going to be looking at the tape the last couple weeks because that Raiders game and before that game plan was just an absolute mess. So you're looking at it, you're game planning for Howard and Scott. And then all of the sudden, you now have this or organic integration of miles that is going to be a part of this offense that teams are going to have to learn how to game plan for now that you're getting him into this rotation. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that this is a far stretch from where we were in 2018 when Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood were like two guys at an all-you-can-eat wing fest that took one bite out of a wing and threw it in the garbage and left all that meat on the bone. 
now Luke they, they took a bite of a they took the bite of skin, you know. They didn't even get into the chicken. <laughs> yes, exactly. They took that little piece off the drumstick. Yeah. <laughs> it's extra crispy at the top. You know yeah. what I'm talking the, about. The clump on the top. We're buffalo. Yes, exactly. We're Western exactly. New York, we know wings. Yeah. Exactly. But to have this discussion and to know what the identity is, that cohesion and understanding what they're going to do with this group. I think is prime for the success of this team down the road because as you get in to the late days of December and those cold days of January, I think I always go back to that Buffalo game, Lou, that we were at in 2019 when the yep. rain's going sideways, it's 36 degrees, and Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders put that team on their back and ran down the throats of a superior mm. defense and took over that game and it's the third quarter, and then all of a sudden you can run the clock out. That seems to be the recipe for the Eagles, and it has worked for a couple of years now over multiple different offensive coordinators, over multiple different head coaches. Why? What is the root cause of a successful running game? The offensive line. And it will yep. continue to be the identity of this team for as long as we are here on this show and as long as we are wearing these colors. They're going to invest in that unit. Dude, that offensive line last week, we talked about Jack Driscoll and stock up and how good they did. That kid didn't allow a pressure all game. He was unbelievable, and he is, quote-unquote, the weak link. So now you have all five of these guys on the offensive line burying defensive lines. They're going to do it this week against the Saints as well, who needs ball. interior help. They only have the two edge rushers. They don't have much on the interior as opposed to the last couple years. And then down the stretch, Lou, I mean, you're going to play the Giants, who their front is, say what you want about them, the Jets, Washington without Montez Sweat, and Dallas. This identity is going to take them into this playoff yeah. discussion and continue to drive them forward. I agree. And then you can mix in one more stat here before we end, Lou. The now, between week 6 and 10, First in air yards per attempt at 11.2 on the arm of Jalen Hurts to mix in with that run game that's banging off five to six yards per clip. Yeah. That's how they're moving the ball. That's how they're scoring points. And once again, we're in the discussion of this offense can put up 30-plus points each week. And this mm -hmm. is where I want to be every I single agree. week. And they're here again, Lou. I think we're at a good spot with this offense moving forward. Yeah, and I think you look at, you know, there's conversations about how running back, there's, you know, you can find running backs anywhere, but sometimes people, you know, merge that with this take of running backs don't matter or the run game doesn't matter. And I think there's, those are two separate conversations. And I think you saw it, you know, you mentioned how clutch Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard were and Boston Scott in that playoff run in 2019 and how that playoff run in 2018, it was without those running backs. And you saw how huge Jay Ajayi was and LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Clement in the 2017 Super run. I think this backfield with Sanders, with Gainwell, with Scott, with Howard can be crucial for this team to make the playoffs moving forward. And, you know, it's nice to, it's nice to have a good backfield because the Eagles yeah. didn't have that for a while. And Gino, you know what they also didn't have for a while was a true top cornerback. And coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles, I want to get into Darius Slay and the performance of Slay against Denver and just overall this season, because we did stock up, stock down last uh, yesterday on last the last show, and we didn't mention Slay. He had some accolades or some honors today across the NFL that I want to get into. So that's coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. 
We talk about the satisfaction of having a CB1 that can truly shut down anybody. But if you want something that can shut down your hunger, Lou, and satisfy your hunger, there's nothing better than a Built Bar. There really isn't. And if you haven't had one by now after all of these ads that we've had and we're going to continue to have because they're simply the best and they're one of our best sponsors here on the Locked on Eagles podcast, they're a protein bar, but they're not. It is like eating candy. It's not like you're going up to a chalkboard and eating a little bit of white chalk that most of these protein bars taste like, or they have that candy candle wax outside that's just disgusting to choke down. Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of them have cookie dough and brownie bites underneath. I mean, it's literally just a piece of candy in your hand. It's low in sugar, low in carbs, low calories, high in protein, has all the health benefits you want and has tons of flavors. They always have limited edition flavors coming out every three to four days, or you could stick to the regular flavors that they always have on the site. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And to get a hold of these great, satisfying Built Bars, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your first order at Built Bar or Built.com. This episode of Locked On Eagles is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. You got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season, but also to baseball when it's back, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus right now. If you want to bet on the Eagles and Saints, the Eagles currently one and a half point favorites at home against New Orleans. The feels over-under good right to now, be a favorite. It man. feels Ooh. good to be a favorite. The over-under is at 43 points. So make sure you head over to betonline.ag on your computer or your mobile device and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline remains the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Guys, this is Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. We thank you for making LOE your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. It's a Wednesday edition of the show. And Gino, to wrap up this edition of the podcast, I want to get into Darius Slay, who was named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for a stout performance against the Denver Broncos. Five tackles, that 83-yard touchdown, only allowed two targets, one catch for minus two yards. I mean, he locked down Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy. We talked about how it's nice to have a great backfield for the first time. Yesterday, we talked about how it's nice to finally have a true wide receiver one in Devontae Smith. One thing that's been going under the radar just because like he's been so good that it's just like a given. Like We don't even need to talk about him because he's so good each and every week. But I wanted to talk about him today is Darius Slay. Like To finally have a true CB1, a Pro Bowl CB1, all they haven't pro. had that in all pro, all pro CB. Give him like, his respect. Exactly. I mean, so far in the year, 30, 32 catches allowed for just 271 yards. He's got two picks and two touchdowns, the fourth fewest yards allowed this year for a corner. I mean, this is incredible, man. We haven't had this kind of corner since Asante Samuel, and it's cost them a lot of wins throughout the years. 
I will not stop shaking my head in agreement that this could be the best trade that we have seen this team make in the past decade, if not longer, because they have been a barren wasteland for cornerbacks, yeah. Lou. When we thought we had the guy in Namdi Asamoah, he was brought down on a, a golden platter from Oakland to Philadelphia on the last day when nobody thought he was going to be in Philly. He turned out to be a bum. Kerry Williams, a bum. Bradley Fletcher, a bum. They just had a collection of bums after Asante. Byron Samuel. Maxwell. <laughs> Byron Maxwell, a bum. Keep adding them to the list. Bums, 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 bums. Leotis bums. McCalvin, Ron Brooks. I'm just going to – Nolan, Nolan Carroll, Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby. Because when it matters and when you understand that acquiring elite talent is how you fix positions and how you get better in this league, and the number one thing in the NFL right now is the passing game. So how do you stop it with an elite emphasis on elite cornerback play, Lou? This guy has been playing – out of his mind, and the individual that was in my messages, in my DMs, saying, why doesn't Darius Slay lock up the best corner? Why doesn't he take on the best guy each week? Well, let me tell you something. The past month and a half, he hasn't let anybody do anything when it comes to the passing game. And you mentioned that fumble return, Lou. That is a part of their defensive game plan now. I don't know if you saw the Anthony Harris mic'd up from a couple weeks ago, yeah. but they said that on, a, on an interception or a fumble return, they're going to get it to Darius Slay. One, because of Isn't his it nice to have a corner life. that can not only run with a receiver, they want him to run the football when they get it. Like that... He I mean, put that the moves on Mills. Devontae Smith in their little one-on-one -on -one video. Yeah, that's that they great, had. too. And, Lou, you mentioned that that was an 80-some-odd-yard touchdown. No, it was not. Darius Slay, according to Next Gen Stats, traveled 128.9 yards in total distance. So over one-and-a-quarter football fields to return that football. And that's the second most by a ball carrier for a touchdown since the year 2016. Jeez. Not only does he provide you shutdown defense, he provides you with offense to a degree because he is going out there and creating turnovers. Two touchdowns in the last three games. It was always his knock on him, Lou, that he didn't get interceptions, right? But he always was around the ball and always had pass breakups. Mm. Now it's finally coming to fruition. And you see once that line is there and the coverage is there on the back end, this Eagles defense can make things happen. They have talent. They don't have it everywhere, but they have enough elite talent on that side of the ball. Fletcher yeah. Cox, Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat at times, Darius Slay at all times. They're doing what they need to do for a young offense, for an offense that needs good field position, that needs a little bit of bump. Yeah, when Gannon gets time. out of the when Gannon gets out of the way. I mean, Gino's. Yeah. You know, some some people talk about how like the zone coverage makes you think just how good are Slay and Maddox this year, but you know, I, I don't think it's like they're playing zone to cover up their flaws. I think it's more of a philosophy thing mm. with Gannon, and it has to do with the lack of trust at other positions. But, you know, Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, too. I want to mention Maddox as well. Like, they have been just as good in man coverage this year. Like, it's mm. not like it's all – this is all produced based off this off-zone coverage. Darius Slay, we were complaining about it for the majority of the year that he's been so good that they need to play more man coverage with him. And, you know, you look at it, he's only 30 years old, and – I, he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. No. I, you know, we see a lot of mock drafts Dude, where they have his Derek acceleration Stingley. on that yeah. touchdown was unbelievable. How quickly right. he split those two guys 
is something that is just made out of fairy tales when you talk about creating an athlete. Yeah, and so that's the thing is like when you see a mock draft, and most of them with those three first-round picks include at least one corner. And I'm not saying don't take a cornerback because outside of Slay with Maddox, a free agent, I don't want Steven Nelson back next year. You definitely need to add cornerbacks in the early rounds of the draft. But to me, Gino, it's like, if I'm choosing, I mean, you have the luxury right now. You might not have to choose. If you keep your quarterback and you use all these picks on defense, you can have a safety, you can have a linebacker, an edge rusher, and a cornerback in this draft. But with the presence of Darius Slay, like if I'm choosing just one of those, I would prefer to prioritize safety and linebacker right now because at least at cornerback, mm. you have the CB1. At linebacker and safety, like you don't have the guy at those positions yet. And right. Slay makes you a little more comfortable. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we talked about this idea of these veterans in a rebuilding type of room and now having Darius there with this influx of young talent that they've brought into that cornerback position in Zach McPherson, you're still going to count Avante as a young player. He's not even off of his first right. contract yet. You add Tagawan, you add these young guys now getting better athletes at that position. You hope that one of them can kind of fit their niche next year, maybe even find a better they couldn't have found a worse free agent acquisition than Steven Nelson. The guy is just downright pitiful this year. Yeah. Maybe you can get by one more year on that, but you do have some guys there. You said it, Lou, at safety and linebacker. I mean, outside of Davion, you have nobody there. Right. You, have you a don't top have any inside corner right now and a top CB1. Like two thirds of your cornerback group isn't just getting right. by. Like you've been great. That's better than most teams in the NFL right now, for oh sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I cover the Buffalo Bills and Tredavious White is like a top cornerback, but they've been using Levi Wallace on the other side for years right. now. So exactly. I'm not, and, and again, I'm not saying don't point, take Stingley point. if he's like available, you know, right now they're Kyle fifth Hamilton overall. or Stingley. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like if it comes down to the sure. tiebreaker between those top top prospects, safety and linebacker or even defensive line might get the priority. But yeah, man, it's uh it's great to have Darius Slay. He's not going to really have a tough challenge this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. We will get into the matchups, though, of that game coming up tomorrow on Crossover Thursday. I'm joining Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints on that episode. Me and Gino are joined by Mark Schofield of Locked On QB1 on Friday right here on Locked On Eagles, so make sure you tune into that as well. Five episodes a week on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And on Twitter at Lockdown Birds at DBLCLOE at GC24 underscore football. Thanks, guys, for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. For my co host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs>